Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and in this week's episode we are going to be discussing how to prepare for a tournament or an event. Whether it's your first event or your 51st, these are the things that you should know before heading out to your next event. But first, every week we're giving a shout out to one listener who answered our listener question of the week. Last week's listener question was, what made you decide to pick up the Digimon card game? Shout out to Matei Doling who answered the demise of my previous TCG as well as being a longtime fan of Digimon and card games in general. Thank you for the response and if you want to know how you can receive a shout out on the show, just listen to the end of the episode. Before we get into our main topic, I have a couple of announcements. Firstly, last week I participated in the DigiBros Weekly Webcam Locals event. This is an event run by the makers of the DigiBros YouTube channel who do great Digimon content and gameplay. I'll put a link in the show notes and be sure to check them out. This event is an online international local Digimon event. It's meant to evoke kind of the feeling of going to your local game store and playing Digimon, but you can play with people from all over the world. It was a great event, and if you get a chance, I highly recommend that you participate, especially in these uncertain times when many of us can't get to our local game stores for in-person events. I came 12th out of 24 participants, which I'm fairly happy with. I played a red aggro build, very similar to the one that I ran in the Bondi webcam tournament some weeks ago, and it performed fairly well. I had no shutout matches, it was a best of three format, and every round I played came down to a game three, so the matchups were pretty even. I'd like to just give a quick tournament report before we get to our main topic. So there were five rounds of games. In my first round, my opponent didn't turn up, so I got a free pass. In the second round, I played against a player called Alderus, who has their own YouTube channel. Link in the show notes. Please go and subscribe. This is a really awesome player who does great content. And if you do go and subscribe, please comment on one of their videos and let Alderus know that you came over from this podcast. Alderus played a Rookie Rush deck that performed fairly well. I bricked pretty badly in both my first and third games, but ultimately it came down to Alderus outplaying me. I bricked, but then I also wasn't able to recover, and that came down to just being outplayed. Alderus ended up winning the whole event though, so I'm not really sore about the loss. They're clearly a very talented player, and you should definitely go check out that YouTube channel. Round 3, I played against a purple Lilithmon deck that seemed to be built to use Lilithmon's effect to play cheap option cards. I lost fairly easily to the Lilithmon in game 1, and from that point I knew that the Lilithmon was a remove on site card. I was able to outspeed my opponent in game 2 and get the win, and in game 3 it was fairly close, but I was able to digivolve up a big attacker, keeping it in my breeding area, getting around purple's removal, and they didn't draw their blocker, which let me attack for the win. And attacking sequencing really came clutch in this matchup, and I'm sure that I'll go into that in a future episode, because I feel like that's a really important thing to know how to do, is to sequence your attacks properly. Round 4, I played against a really cool red-green Tyrannomon deck that had gone undefeated that day, so it was a really tough matchup. That deck took advantage of the Tiger Tamer, granting all Tyrannomon Digimon piercing to buff its Tyrannomon using Bebidomon's Inheritable Skill. Now, Bebidomon's Inheritable Skill gives the Digimon above it plus 2,000 DP if it has piercing. And of course, since all the Tyrannomon got piercing from Tiger, they all got that extra 2,000 DP. This was a close match, but ultimately, again, I lost in Game 3. 
And then finally, round five, I played against a green Tidemon deck that felt a bit controlly, and this is a really tough matchup. This player used Lilymon in Tidemon's Digivolution sources to great effect. They suspended my Digimon, they were able to keep my board clear, and I just wasn't able to get anything to stick on the board, and so I lost in game three. So this was a great event, the Digibros webcam locals, I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to put all the relevant links into the show notes, and I just want to say a big thank you to the organizers and to all of my opponents. My big takeaway from that day is that a deck is never really done. I hadn't touched my deck list since the Bandai tournament, and it was pretty clear that I had a few changes that I needed to make. In trading card games, the meta and what people are playing can change very rapidly, so make sure you're regularly checking your deck to see if there's any changes you need to make to compensate. Finally, one last announcement. This coming weekend, that is the weekend of the 16th and 17th of January, I will be participating in the Welcome to Primary Village webcam tournament presented by H Gaming TCG. Now this is a really cool event. All of the participants are content creators for the Digimon card game who have fewer than a thousand followers or subscribers. The idea is that we're getting all of these content creators together who have a low number of followers, a low number of subscribers, and working together to build up sort of exposure and to really give everyone a visibility boost. The event is happening on January 16th at 10am PST. There are heaps of great DigiTubers and content creators who are participating in this, and I know that many of them will be streaming their matches. There's links to all this are going to be in the show notes. Please make sure to check out their streams to follow along with the event and support all the creators who are involved. And now for our main topic. Now, we are rapidly coming up to the official release of the Digimon card game in English, and with the official release are going to come plenty of events and plenty of tournaments. Although playing against your friends on your kitchen table remains one of my favourite ways to enjoy any card game, participating in these big events can also be a great experience that I highly recommend. Many fans of the Digimon card game have come over from previous card games, other card games, but many are new to card games as well. So this episode, I wanted to go over everything that I can think of that I could find in my research that you will need to do or have in order to participate in a Digimon card game tournament. A lot of these for experienced card gamers are going to be pretty obvious, but I'm sure that even for the pros, there's going to be food for thought in this episode. So please do stick around. Throughout this episode, I'm going to be referencing the official Bondi rules for tournaments. I'm going to be putting a link to those rules in the show notes. So if you are going to any large-scale official tournament, I highly recommend you read through these rules thoroughly beforehand. And with that, let's jump into our main topic. So, you're going to your first Digimon event. It's a tournament at your local game store, but maybe you've never been to a tournament before, or maybe it's been a really long time because of various factors and you're a little bit rusty. Either way, first, you're going to need to gather everything that you need to bring to the event. The following is a list of everything you're going to need to bring to your local game shop to your tournament. First and foremost, you'll need to bring your deck. A reminder that this is a main deck of 50 cards with no more than four copies of any one card by card number and a Digitama deck of zero to five cards with no more than four copies of any one card. 
by card number. This will also need to be cards legal for use in your region. You can't mix Japanese and English cards. And if you're playing somewhere that uses English cards, you can't use your Japanese cards. You're also going to need to make sure that your deck is sleeved in opaque card sleeves. That is card sleeves that are not transparent. This is a pretty standard practice across card games and it's to stop anyone from using cards that have been scratched or marked so that they can be identified from the back because cards tend to get worn out and scratched through use. So this isn't always even intentional either. It's just that sometimes cards get scratched in a way that makes it pretty obvious from the card back which card it is before you even draw it or flip it over. If you don't have card sleeves, that is all right. Make sure to arrive at your local game store early and the store will be able to help you buy some sleeves. And some stores, I know my local store does, even keep sleeves around for use during events. So if you aren't able to buy sleeves, do be sure to ask the person running the store if there might be any that you could even borrow for the event. Some small events will let you play without sleeves, but it's generally good practice to sleeve your cards because it shows your opponents that you're not going to be cheating or making use of any extra information. And also it protects your cards from being damaged, which is another little bonus. It's also a good habit to get into because the official Bondi rules do state that your cards have to be sleeved. So it's just good practice to start thinking, I need to have my cards sleeved before I go to an event. You also should bring a memory gauge and a counter. Again, stores will often supply these because they tend to end up with huge piles of them. But it is specified in the official Bondi tournament rules that you supply your own. And again, it's another good habit to get into because then you don't have to share materials. Luckily, you get one half of a full memory gauge in every booster pack, so they're very easy to come by. And then a counter can just be any marker that can be used to indicate where the memory gauge is set to. Many players use dice or coins, so make sure to bring some kind of marker just to set on your memory gauge. You should also bring extra sleeves that match your deck sleeves in case of damage so that you can replace them easily, or even just a whole other set of sleeves in case you need to swap your sleeves out. This is because you can be penalized for using cards in damaged sleeves. So you want to make sure that if your sleeves do get damaged, you can swap them out. The official tournament rules also specify that you should bring a pen. So that's just good practice to keep a pen in your gaming bag. And then finally, I suggest you should bring at least one six-sided dice. This is because many players decide who goes first by rolling a dice. And because a dice is also just a really good little item that you can use to track DP changes and you can track many other gameplay things with a dice. So it's just good practice to keep one in your gaming bag. Now that you have all your materials, let's talk about what you can expect to happen on the day. On the day, make sure that you arrive at the venue five or 10 minutes early. This will give you time to get signed in, to check your deck and sleeves, and to ask any questions of the event organizers that you need to before you get started. You're going to need to sign into the event and you may need to pay an event fee. Once you're all signed in, you're just going to need to wait for the organizers to announce the beginning of the event. Now, I personally like to use this time to say hi to the other players participating in the tournament, because one of the great things about events like these is that it makes meeting new people really easy, because you know for a fact that you all have at least one interest in common. So it's a, I find this is a really good time to just try and meet new people to make take advantage of the fact that you're all standing around and you're all there for the same reason. At the start time for the event, the organizers will give you some instructions. They'll go over the structure of the event, the rules, 
how many rounds you can expect to play, and any other event-specific information that you might need. So do make sure to listen. And then finally, you will be paired up with an opponent. This information should be displayed on a screen or otherwise it will be easily accessible. And you'll probably be given a table number as well, which will make things really easy. So you just move over to the table that has your table number and greet your opponent. And remember, even though you probably want to win, this is supposed to be a friendly competition. So do be friendly. Get your area set up. If you brought a playmat, now's the time to lay it out. Get your deck and memory gauge out and get set up ready to play. Make sure to shuffle your deck and your Digitama deck thoroughly and then ask your opponent how they would like you to cut your deck. Time was, it was in the ruling that your opponent would cut and sometimes even shuffle your deck for you, but with everything going on in the world, it's a good idea not to touch your opponent's belongings unless absolutely necessary, so just ask them how they would like you to cut your deck. And then they should also ask you how you would like them to cut their deck. Some people have a specific way that they would like their opponent to cut their deck. I've had everything from cut it in thirds to take the top 13 cards off the top and put it on the bottom. But I personally find that cutting the deck roughly in half is fine. And that's what I usually ask my opponents to do. Whatever really works to help you feel that your opponent's deck has been sufficiently randomized. And then finally, you will randomly decide who goes first. Most often this is done through dice rolling with the highest roll going first, but do be sure to just quickly ask your opponent, how do you want to decide to who goes first? And then once you've decided who's going first, you just need to wait for the organizers to tell you to start playing. Matches at these kind of events are timed and you have a set amount of time to play. So it's important not to start too soon. And then it's equally important to get really efficient at all this setup so that you're not cheating yourself out of any gameplay time. Then it is time to play. Almost every event, otherwise unless otherwise specified, is going to be a best of three match. That means that you play until either you or your opponent has won two games. If you make it over to a third game and then the time runs out before it's completed, then it is considered a draw. Even though you, both you and your opponent will probably know how to play the game pretty well, while playing, I would make sure to clearly state your actions as you make them. This helps to ensure that both you and your opponent know what each of you are doing, what each of you are playing, and it makes sure that no information is getting lost or going unnoticed, which can kind of shift the um, way the game is played in unpredictable kind of ways if you don't notice that your opponent has a certain Digimon, for example. This also helps you to catch any rules mistakes that could be made, like if you accidentally try to digivolve into a level 5 from a level 3, for instance, or if you misread the effect on one of your cards. And I know that it can feel awkward to explain your actions like this, but it will come easier with practice, and it's going to go a long way towards making you a better player too, because hearing yourself say what you were doing as you do it, and sort of taking that extra step to process what you're doing and having to announce it and explain it, can help you to really begin thinking about your actions and choices as you make them. As you play, don't be afraid to call for a judge if you're unclear on how a certain card or rule works. You'll either have the event organizer or a judge available for you to call on to explain rules, explain cards, and point out rules errors that either you or your opponent have made, and make rulings on mistakes. There's a lot to focus on during an event like this, and mistakes and misunderstandings are bound to happen. And the judge is there, it's their role, to help you sort through these mistakes and understandings, so do be sure to call on them if need be. That's what they're there for. All right, once the round time is up, you'll be given a new opponent and possibly a new table. Rinse and repeat all the setup steps 
play your best and enjoy the tournament. So hopefully that gives you a good idea of the basics of preparing for and playing in an event or tournament. I know that it is a little bit sort of step by step, a little bit basic, but we have to remember that I like to not only appeal to people who play TCGs all their life, but we're getting a lot of new people in as well. And it's important to make sure that we're keeping our events accessible. However, once you've been to a few events and once you kind of know how the basics roll, you might want to start evolving your game and striving to do better. So there are many things that you can do in the lead up to and on the event day that can help you to really get the most out of yourself and your deck. First and foremost, as I learned at the DigiBros webcam event this past weekend, always review your deck before an event. Building your deck is important, but possibly more important is how you play it. And you're not going to be able to play your deck as effectively as possible if you don't have a good understanding of what's in it and what it's trying to do. Do you have a fourth blocker to dig for, or do you need to use your removal now while you have a lot of memory? I can't say how many times I've finished a game and said to my opponent, did you have that fourth blocker? And they say, I don't know. If you let this attacker through, what are the odds that it's going to be destroyed by the security check? So you need to think about how many Digimon do I have in my deck that have more DP than that attacker? If you have a thorough understanding of your deck, bolstered by a refresher the night before an event, that's going to help you play your best on the day. Before heading into an event, you need to understand not just your deck, but also your opponent's decks. The meta, which is short for metagame, which refers to the popularity and strength of certain decks, is something that you need to be aware of if you're going to play your best game. Knowing what is popular in the meta at the moment is key to knowing what cards to play in your own deck, to combat the strategies that you're expecting to see the most of. If the most popular powerful deck, for example, is Blue Omnimon, then going into a large event, you need to be aware that you're going to be playing against a lot of Blue Omnimon and account for that. Maybe you're going to play one or two tech cards that are particularly strong against that strategy, or you might even want to just bring a deck that is geared towards beating that best deck because you're going to play against it so much. And this doesn't just apply to big events. You can also apply this to your local game store. Your local game store also has a meta. It has decks that are the most popular or the most powerful. And that doesn't even necessarily follow the worldwide meta either, which is really cool. For example, at my local game store, the most popular color at the moment is yellow. That's what most people are playing. So I know when I go to an event that my deck needs to be able to combat what yellow is trying to do. And it needs specifically to be able to outrace yellow's recovery effects. Otherwise, I'm going to get stalled out and not be able to get the win. I need to adapt my deck for the decks that I expect to play against. The deck at the top of the meta at the moment is Blue Omnimon, but nobody at my local game store plays Blue Omnimon, so it would be a really poor choice to gear my deck to beat the Blue Omnimon deck when I'm going to my local Sunday Digimon event. So it's not just being aware of the global meta, but also be aware of the meta at the event specifically that you're going to play at. The other key thing to remember about the meta is it is constantly evolving as new cards are released or even just as players get more time to experiment with current cards, new strategies and combinations are uncovered and the best decks can change. Before every big event, you should make time to study up on what is big at the meta at the time so that you can be ready. It takes a lot of effort, but it's pretty much mandatory if you want to be at the top of your game. Understanding the meta is an important part of preparation for an event. I feel that I have made that clear, but it is also a key part of gameplay on the day. 
at the event. If you're hoping to win any event, you should endeavour to have a good understanding of not just your own decks, key cards and objectives, but those of your opponents as well, so that you can adapt your strategy as you're playing. When playing against a purple deck, for example, you might be aware that the purple deck is very good at removing Digimon. And you might play around this by keeping your key, powerful Digimon in the breeding area so you can Digivolve it up safely until it's ready to come out of the into the battle area and attack straight away before your opponent gets a chance to remove it. Or you might make sure to swing at your opponent's security with your most powerful Digimon first, attack the security with your strongest Digimon first, because then it will be suspended for all the security checks that turn, because you know that your opponent's key removal option card in purple is the Trump Sword, which can't target suspended Digimon, so you keep your attacker safe for the whole turn. A great player is going to not only know their own deck inside out, but it's going to know the decks of their opponents inside and out. And they'll always, through the game, be trying to think about what their opponent is trying to do to win when making their own plays. The better that you know what your opponent is trying to do, the better that you can disrupt it. And if you can disrupt what your opponent is trying to do, the better your chances of winning. Now, fortunately, you don't have to uncover all this information by yourself or by osmosis or whatever because there are many great Digimon content creators out there talking about top-tier decks and, most importantly, showing their gameplay. If you can't playtest, but with Discord and webcams and webcam servers and Discord servers, etc., it's really easier than ever to playtest in your own home. But if for whatever reason you can't playtest, Watching these content creators, watching this gameplay is a great second option to get a handle on how the decks that you might come up against are being played. And the best players are going to do that study. It's not mandatory, but if you want to give yourself the best chance of winning at a big event, that's what you're going to do. The key takeaway from today's episode, hopefully, is that preparation is key when it comes to tournaments and events. Now that might be just making sure that you have all the things you need ready to go when you step into the game store, your deck, your sleeves, your memory gauge, your dice, or that might be knowing the current meta inside out, back to front. Either way, preparation is important. Not only will it evolve your game and help you to play better, but the simple fact of knowing that you've prepared for your event, that you're as ready as you can be, is going to be a great confidence boost. It's going to let you worry less and it's going to let you enjoy yourself more. And when you're enjoying yourself, when you're not worrying, that is when you're going to play your best. So this week's listener question is, whether it's for a tournament or a performance or an interview or just a big day at work, what do you do to get yourself ready? Tweet your answer using the hashtag, hashtag memory gauge podcast or comment on the listener question post in our Facebook group, Memory Gauge Podcast, and you might receive a shout-out at the top of next week's episode. I can't wait to hear your best tips and tricks for psyching yourself up. If you have any questions, feedback, comments, or concerns, tweet at me at ConnorEFMG, or email me at MemoryGagePodcast at gmail.com, or join our Facebook group. I'm always happy to hear from you, listeners. New episodes come out each week, so please be sure to follow the Memory Gauge podcast on your podcast service of choice so you can stay up to date. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out. Logging out.